What up, world? Welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Blazers. I'm your host, Blazer beat writer and pass first point guard, Mike Richmond. Blazers on Sunday beat the Denver Nuggets at home at the Moda Center in game number 80. Want to talk about that? It's a big one for mainly because CJ McCollum returned to the lineup. I also want to talk about maybe the biggest day of the season that's coming Tuesday night after the league takes Monday off. And I want to talk about what we saw from the Blazers' two games against the Nuggets on Friday and Sunday and what they tell, told us about this roster heading into the playoffs. But let us start, as we always do, or usually do, I should say, with the game that happened this evening. Blazers beat the Nuggets uh, in a kind of an ugly one. The Nuggets decided prior to the game that they were going to hold out starters Nikola Jokic Paul Millsap and Jamal Murray. Those are their three best players. Uh, and then in the game, Mike Malone's decided that he was going to play Gary Harris limited minutes, Will Barton limited minutes, and roll down the stretch with Juancho Hernan Gomez and Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas was so, so bad. That was the real takeaway for me is that Isaiah Thomas looked terrible. But it was kind of meaningless. Blazers uh, closed the game on a 17-3 run to win 115-108. They were in a little bit of danger of blowing this one, but I'll talk about more. I'll talk more about sort of the specifics of that in the third segment. So the big news on Sunday night was that CJ McCollum returned to the lineup. He hadn't played since March 16th after suffering a strained left knee. Excuse me, sprained left knee. And I thought in his opening shift, he started the game. uh, Terry Stotts is not one of those coaches that would like bring a guy in off the bench to a a person of CJ's caliber off the bench to kind of ease him in. Uh, If if CJ was going to play, he was going to play. He was going to be in the starting lineup. He was on a 25 minutes restriction. That's exactly what he hit. Played straight up, right up to the limit. Uh, And I thought in his first shift, he was really good. He played eight minutes to open the game. He was three of six from the floor. He scored early, I think under 90 seconds into the game. He hit a shot. He added another, he had a little floater. He added a transition three. He had a couple assists. He had nine points. The Blazers leading scorer when he checked out of the game. But then in the second half, he missed all the shots. He he just he kind of looked just a little shaky in that second half. He had he he took six shots in the second half also, and he bricked them all. They weren't they weren't necessarily super clean. It wasn't like he was missing wide open shots, but he was just a little bit off on on some floaters that he usually makes. Uh, and he and he kind of played weird minutes. I guess I I think this is worth noting. He played like the first five minutes of the third quarter, and then he sat for a lot of game time and checked back in with about five minutes to go, five, maybe four minutes to go. So he, had, he kind of had a weird shift, so maybe that's harder to uh, to get his rhythm. But but this was the thing that I had I talked about on the last podcast that I was mostly worried about with CJ McCollum. It wasn't his skills or anything like that. He was healthy for the most part, like or looked healthy for the most part. He looked he looked fine, fluid. He said he felt fine afterwards. That he was doing most of the normal stuff. He, he didn't when he spoke to the media. He didn't he he's unlikely to do this just because the way he is. But he didn't complain about any any physical issues or anything like that. 
Uh, he said he, he said he felt fine. He played it mostly like a normal game. But like I mentioned in the last podcast, is the thing I was most concerned about his sort of reintegration into the lineup was just getting your wind, getting his conditioning, being able to play big minutes in in the biggest games of the year because obviously the playoffs can be more physical, just gen- generally harder basketball than the game that was played tonight. Um, and he kind of looked a little worn down, well, like he just didn't have his legs there in the second half. And I think uh, that's why getting him back before the playoffs, he had said, you know, he doesn't necessarily need to play regular season games, but I think it's really crucial for him to to play a little bit in these uh, these final three regular season games. So it's good to get him back out there tonight for his 25 minutes, just because he can he can get his legs under him a little bit. He can play at actual against actual NBA players in actual NBA games. And that'll help him just sort of uh, get his win, find his find his conditioning, and all those things that you need him uh, that you'd like him to have uh, as he heads into the playoffs. Uh, I, I think it was generally generally positive. I think getting back out there is generally positive, um, even if he had a, a, a kind of a clunky second half. I, I think that's um, less significant than just having him back in uniform. That that's important for the Blazers. Uh, the, the Portland. Cl- Closes the season with a back-to-back at LA and then home against the Kings. So I can't imagine he plays in both of those games. I think it would, to me, that would be pretty surprising. I would assume he plays against the Lakers on Tuesday night because, as we'll talk about in the second segment, uh, the Blazers' fate might be sealed by the time we get to Wednesday. That might be a totally meaningless game against the Kings. So... What I would assume is he'll be on another minutes restriction, about 25 minutes against the Lakers on Tuesday. And the Blazers will just hope that they don't need to necessarily win on Wednesday or the, or or just plan to play without him on Wednesday against the Kings team in the season finale. That's my assumption. So CJ will play Tuesday and not Wednesday. Terry Stott said after the game that he, him and his, the medical staff had not talked about it. That was probably something that they'll talk about. Uh, tonight they'll probably make a plan and they'll probably talk to CJ tomorrow more when he gets to the facility or, uh, I, I think they're, I think they're going into the facility before they go, they, they head out to LA. So they'll, they'll probably do some medical stuff with him. He'll talk to the medical team about how, how his knee feels and all that stuff. And then they'll make a decision. So we should know more, uh, perhaps as by the time you're listening to this podcast, that decision will be made if you're listening to it on Monday afternoon. So, um, that's kind of just how this timeline works. If, uh, so let's do it. Hopefully you'll listen to this Monday morning so this news is still fresh. But uh, yeah, CJ looked good. This wasn't... Uh, he didn't have a groundbreaking type game, but he he looked for the most part like CJ McCollum and uh, taking steps in the right direction towards being an impact player as the Blazers get to the most important games of their season. When we get back in segment number two, I want to talk about a big old night, Tuesday night in the, in the association. Uh, what it means for the Blazers, what it means for the playoffs. This... Very, very likely in about a four-hour stretch on Tuesday night, we will find out the Blazers' fate. Maybe not specifically who they play, but very good chance we will know that they're playing the Utah Jazz. But I'll get get into specifics there in a second. But before we do that, I want to remind you, like I often do at this time, when you hop in your car, tell your smart device, play podcast Locked on Blazers. Uh, Make it a normal part of your day, normal part of your routine. Uh, This is when you get in your car, tell your smart device, Play podcast Lockdown Blazers. You can also tell your smart device to play Lockdown MLB or any number of Major League Baseball podcasts that are recently launched on the Lockdown Network. I encourage you guys to check those out. Uh, it's baseball season. We're in the, the 
infant stages of a, a marathon baseball season. So if you're a fan, there is a whole variety of Locked On baseball podcasts that you can check out for your favorite team or your least favorite team if you want to know what's up with your rivals. Check that out. When you hop in your car, tell your smart device, play podcast Locked On Blazers. Okay, so we talked about CJ's return. The next biggest thing that is happening in the NBA is that the Western Conference, the middle of the Western Conference pack is still totally undecided. Essentially, seeds two through eight are still up in the air, although uh, there is some solidification at... uh, We're getting closer to solidified standings, but at the top of the standings, the Warriors, they won tonight in their final game at Oracle, final regular season game at Oracle. They're your number one seed in the playoffs. They're chilling. So now it just comes down to... Basically, Big Tuesday to decide to decide where everyone is. Uh, the NBA always takes this Monday off. It's the NCAA tournament. It's one of uh, maybe three dead games throughout three dead days throughout the uh, season. I believe Thanksgiving Day, Christmas Eve, and this Monday before the Monday of the NCAA final are uh, natural dead days in the uh, NBA season. So here we go. Everybody's got Monday off. And then we got a really big one coming Tuesday. And a really big one for a variety of reasons. Mostly, or at least in large part, because the Jazz went to the Lakers, who the Blazers play play on Tuesday, tomorrow when you're listening to this, and they lost. The Lakers got a big upset win over the Jazz. Uh, which means Tuesday is a really big one. Also, the Nuggets like clearly didn't want to win this game, uh, which throws a, in Portland tonight. Uh, they they just it was clear the way Mike Malone coached that they decided they did not want to win. Uh, I think uh, we usually think that players and coaches don't tank. I'm pretty sure Mike Malone tanked this game tonight. Pretty sure he punted it. It was a very strange thing, but it does set up a very interesting Tuesday night. Here's, here's what we got on the slate. The Nuggets continue this little mini road trip as they uh, f- close out the season. They're at the Utah Jazz on Tuesday. The Rockets are at OKC. That's the really big one. Pretty much everything pivots around that that uh, Houston-OKC game. And the, and the Blazers, as I've mentioned a couple times now, play the Los Angeles Lakers. Here's how that shakes out. If Houston... Goes into OKC and wins, which is, you would think, fairly likely because the Thunder have struggled a little bit. But if you look at the Thunder's sort of recent stretch, they've basically biffed away a lot of games against bad teams. And some of their, the majority of their wins over the past 20 games have been against the NBA's elite. Uh, That's, maybe it's a focus thing. Maybe it's just how bizarre the Thunder are. But uh, I wouldn't chalk that up to Houston. I'd say Houston's certainly favored even on the road because they're playing well and they're just probably better than OKC, but I don't think that's a guaranteed win. But if the Rockets do win, the Blazers and the Jazz cannot get the third seed. They'll be battling for four and five. And because the Jazz lost tonight to the Lakers, the magic number for for the Blazers to get home court advantage, that would be to finish fourth or better in the West, is one win and one loss by the Utah Jazz. So their magic number is two, any combination. So if the Blazers win out, they still get home court advantage. But if they win and the Jazz happen to lose to the Nuggets, the Blazers will be the fourth seed and and, and Wednesday's game won't matter. Uh, If Houston does lose, then the third seed is open for the Blazers and there's a lot of sort of potential chaos. 
So pretty much everything pivots around that, uh, or maybe not pivots, but everything, the, a lot of the, sort of what bla- the Blazers scenarios m- might be, that they, they depend on the, on the results of that Rockets game. And basically here's why. Uh, if the Blazers, or excuse me, if, if the Rockets do lose, and the Nuggets who have two games remaining against the Jazz and the Clippers kind of a tough end of the season to the Nuggets as a side note, uh, for the Nuggets as a side note, but uh, if the Nuggets win either of those final two games, then a Houston loss would allow the Blazers to get that third seed. It would allow the Blazers to move up or have a chance to be the third seed. Uh, Third seed is a little bit dangerous because it might mean the Blazers play OKC. So that a a, a Rockets loss could make um, the Blazers do something that they really haven't done, which is maybe tank... uh, that game against the Kings on Wednesday in order to avoid the Thunder in the playoffs. Um, I don't think the Blazers would come out and say that. Certainly um, Damian Lillard would not, and Terry Stotts obviously wouldn't. Uh, but even in, in, in sort of anonymously, I don't think many of the Blazers would admit that they they don't want to play OKC. But uh, from my, my outside opinion, I don't think the Blazers want to deal with a team that's beat them four times. So if the third seed is in play, if Houston does lose in Oklahoma City, and the third seed is in play as when the Blazers host the Sacramento Kings on Wednesday, I think you could see uh, we'll have some interesting decisions to be made. Obviously, we're a long way away from there because Tuesday is... Uh, Tuesday's just a huge night. It is a huge night to see what happens. Uh, that uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, that Rockets Thunder Thunder game is players only. So players only, y'all. Uh, we'll get people who are not professional play-by-play announcers announcing the probably the biggest game of the NBA of the NBA regular season. Uh, that's just a really special thing that the league does for you. So you're all very welcome. But there's a pretty good chance uh, the the Blazers will get uh, will play a meaningless 82nd game against the Kings one way or another. Uh, there's also a chance that they're playing to finish fourth and not fifth uh, against in a series where they're going to be playing against the Jazz. Uh, Damon Lillard said tonight that they, although that they learned last year in the uh, playoffs that home court advantage doesn't guarantee them anything. The team still feels that home court advantage is uh, valuable and important. So you can bank on them uh, if if they are playing for sort of who gets four, who gets five in game 82, that they'll go hard and try to beat the Kings. But that might not matter. Like I said, Tuesday's the big night. Get your TV sets. Uh, I, I wrote something for NBC uh, Sports that you can read tomorrow afternoon about... Um, the Blazers watching the end of that Lakers jazz game uh, in the locker room. I, I wrote about a fun little scene I saw. So I encourage you guys to check that out too. I'm not going to spoil it on here because this uh, podcast comes out way before my article will publish. And I'm um, the king of content, baby. I'm not going to spoil mo- more Mike G. Rich content for y'all. But what I am going to do is come back in that third segment and talk about what we've learned uh, from the first Yusuf Nurkic list games for the Blazers against good NBA teams. But before I do that, I want to tell you guys all about WISE. WISE is the indoor camera that does it all. It's packed with premium features that allows you to see everything from anywhere for only $20. It's got 1080p full HD, night vision, and two-way audio. And their vision is to make smart home products accessible to everyone. So that's why they're giving you 
full HD camera with free rolling 14-day cloud storage for just $20 a camera. That means there's no subscriptions. You just pay 20 bucks, you get the camera. But if you want more than that, Wise has got you covered. For just $10 more, you can get the Wise Campan that gives you 360-degree coverage in under three seconds. And like I said, it's got a free rolling 14-day cloud storage, so everything you capture on there stays on the cloud for free for two weeks. It also works with Alexa, and you can check it anywhere using their app. So if you're on the go, on your phone, or on a mobile dev- or any mobile device, you'll be able to track the Wise Cam. So if you want the absolute lowest price, go to Wise. That's w y z e dot com slash locked on to get the guaranteed lowest price. All right, still locked on Blazers. Still Mike Richmond. Still pass first point guard and still Blazer beat writer. What up, y'all? So what have we learned from two games against a legitimately good team? <laughs> One of them with that legitimately good team didn't play all their good players uh, and maybe intentionally played bad players at the end of the game. Here's what I feel like we learned. The playoffs are going to be really challenging for this roster. Here's why I think that. I mean, I've been saying that. If you guys have been listening to me, I have been skeptical of what this particular Blazer team can do without use of Nurkic in the playoffs. I've said it like a million times. Uh, tonight was just, or the last two games, Friday and Sunday, were just data points to further my belief that that this is going to be a real challenge for them. And I have talked to a bunch of my friends who are Blazer fans who are extremely optimistic about this team. Um, so if you're one of those people, um, just... Add me to the list of haters, y'all. Just add me to, but but I am I'm skeptical, and Friday night's game, particularly in Denver, didn't make me any less skeptical. Uh, the Nuggets showed us, you know, some of some of what I I, I just think is going to be the issue for this team. Uh, the Blazers didn't have too much. They played this game, that game, and I should point this out: without Seth Curry and without CJ McCollum, two of their best one-on-one scorers. They're, they're second and third best one-on-one scorers. Both of those guys score better one-on-one than Rodney Hood. I like Rodney Hood, but those two dudes get buckets better than him, just in terms of go go get it for me. So they were shorthanded. But what the Nuggets did in that game is, I think, what I, I would be worried about if I'm a Blazer fan of what teams are going to do when we do get to the playoffs. They sent two really good defenders at Damian Lillard. They had Gary Harris and Torrey Craig on him at all times. Gary Harris is one of those dudes who just defends Dame really well. Uh, but when you get to the playoffs, most teams can sort of game plan to put their best wing defender on Dame and make him make him work. He didn't have a great shooting night in Denver. He struggled. And the other big thing, so I think that's we 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 just kind of know that that's what NBA that's what the playoffs are going to be is that teams are going to make someone not named Dame beat him. Blazers didn't really have their other options that can that can provide a uh, pressure release for him necessarily. But the Alfred Aminu, Mo Harkless, Jake Lehman, Evan Turner wing squadron uh, certainly didn't help out, and and those dudes are going to play a bunch of minutes in the playoffs. And the other big thing that for me was was noticeable about that game is that the Blazers, when they really needed stops in the fourth quarter in Denver, they struggled to get them. And Denver's a really good offensive team, so I don't think that this is, like, mind-blowing that the Blazers struggled against a good offensive team. But for the most part, almost certainly, 
and my assumption is they're going to play the Jazz. So when I'm talking about they're going to play a good team in the playoffs, just know that I'm talking about the team that is in Salt Lake City. Um, but but they're going to play teams that execute and and play and are good offensive teams. It's it none of the uh, Western Conference playoff teams that they're likely to play are are significantly below average offenses. In fact, the Jazz are the 15th best offense in the league in terms of points per possession, so they're exactly a league average offense, or the the median offense in the league. But regardless, they're the Jazz's best offensive lineup, or best lineup, excuse me, is, is one of the better offensive lineups in the league. That small ball group with uh, R- Rubio, Mitchell, Ingles, Jay Crowder, and, and Rudy Gobert. And, and I might be getting ahead of myself getting specific about the Utah Jazz, but I, I, speaking just sort of more generally about what we saw in that Denver game is that the Blazers just, they don't have a team right now that can ratchet it up, in my opinion, and really get stops. So a lot of what they're going to need to do is try to just outscore teams, overwhelm teams with how good they are in the offensive glass with Ennis Cantor and, and, and how well that, uh, you know, Dame and CJ can shoot the ball and if they can get... Uh, help from other places. And I think we saw that again on, on something not too dissimilar again on, on Sunday night at the Moda Center is that uh, the Blazers had trouble slowing down Gary Harris early in that game. Um, they let the Nuggets crawl back in in the third quarter just because they they couldn't find their offense enough. And the Nuggets kind of just outworked them. Um, I'm not sure that I'm worried about the Blazers' sort of energy heading into the playoffs. I don't mean to uh, insinuate that that they're going to get outworked. I think that's kind of a lazy way to say that that um, you you lost. Uh, I I often think writers and analysts confuse uh, execution and effort. But what I am worried about is that the Blazers, at, at their highest level, just aren't a very good defensive team, and that without Yusuf Nurkic as sort of the fulcrum and good screen setter on offense that there are there are times when you have to d- make a decision between what Ennis Cantor brings to you offensively and what Zach Collins brings to you defensively. And you sacrifice a bunch on one side of the ball choosing between those two dudes. And I and and for me that's what I saw against the Nuggets was the Blazers weaknesses maybe not magnified but at least like highlighted Struggling to stop Nikola Jokic is a big task, but like, that's the whole thing, is the NBA playoffs are a big task. You're going to play a good team. They're going to scout your weaknesses and they're going to come after you. I think the Blazers can still win a playoff series. Uh, I think it's going to take um, some really impressive individual efforts from maybe people not named Damian Lillard. We'll see what that looks like, and we'll have a lot of time at the end of this week to uh, to talk playoff stuff and preview. So we'll get to that then. But I, but I thought these two games against the Nuggets were going to give us a lot of little mini data points on on what this the post use of Nurkic team looks like, and a lot of the Blazers uh, issues to me uh, that I was concerned about just showed up in these two games. We'll see. Um, 
if you uh, if you've been a long time listener, you know that I'm like the king of just making crappy predictions. So maybe I'm just being a pessimist. Like I said, add me to the hater list. But these two games against Denver didn't exactly bring me a lot of warm fuzzies about this Blazer roster. I I think there's reasons for optimism, but I don't necessarily harbor them. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We will do more of these in the future. This week, we got we'll probably have a, a handful more coming out. Uh, no promises about guests, but I want to. I'm hoping to later this week to not do a, all solo podcasts because. Uh, both you, dear listener, and I know that these podcasts are better when they're a conversation. So I'm, I'll do my best to book guests and fit uh, fit those guests into my schedule. I appreciate all of you very much for listening. As I've mentioned a couple times, you can find this podcast wherever you download it. Uh, I recommend checking out the new Himalaya app, but if you are looking for us other places, Google Play, Apple Podcasts and iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify. Tell your friends to listen to Lockdown Blazers. Come back soon. I'll talk to you then.